Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's Grifton McConman? I'm Robert Evans. Uh, this is Behind the Bastards, a show where every week we talk about the very worst people in all of history, and I also try out a new introduction. This one was not as inspired as the other ones, uh, for which I apologize. I, I just couldn't come up with another what's boiling my pig anuses today, which is ironic because I boiled some pig anuses this morning to eat for breakfast. Shireen, how are you doing today? That sounds delicious. I'm doing so good. So good. It, it is delicious. You know, they're basically calamari. They're, so they're like kind of uh, tangy and tender. <laughs> I tangy, don't eat meat. tender. Oh, you don't eat meat. Well, boiled pig anuses are barely meat. I mean, they're 80% vegan, I'd say. We've already just... The last episode we were on, we mentioned buttholes pretty late into the episode, but we're just right out the gate just talking about buttholes again. Yeah. Okay. We're right out the gate, which, and you know, when you think about it, Shireen, poo. right out the gate could even be a butthole reference. Yeah. When you poop, mm-hmm. what happens? It goes right out the gate. Into, it goes right out the gate. Into, what's it called? The ivory ivory throne? The ivory throne or the top, the hood of a cop car, wherever you prefer oh, to go to the restroom. Um, Fuck the police. Okay. I, I don't judge. Respect. You know, or at least poop on their cars. That yeah. seems a little bit less aggressive than fucking yeah. them. Um, yeah. Because, you know, consent and stuff. Um, word, word. Anyway, uh, my guest this week is Shireen Lani Yunus, co-host of the Ethnically Ambiguous podcast, uh, Cage Fighter. Facts. And uh, facts. A fact. Fact. You're a fact. Facts. I said fact. Like, like yes, I'm a co-host. And yes, I'm a cage oh, fighter. Yes. I'm, it's facts. The, Hashtag those facts. Those are both facts. Yeah. Yes. Uh, listeners will be interested to know that Shireen only does recording sessions with uh, tape around her knuckles covered in broken glass in case she needs to get into a cage fight. Yeah, that's actually, that was mm-hmm. confidential information that I only shared with uh, my colleagues, so I'm glad you've shared that with the whole world now. I guess my secret's out. Uh, I'm well, a badass! You, you, you do a lot of damage to the microphone stands, so we, we've we've been having some issues as a result of all the glass on your wrists. You know what? I'm sorry. I already paid apples. back the office. I gave them the money to, re- to, to repair the microphone. That's not my problem anymore. You know? It's theirs. Speaking of people who are everybody's problem, you know who we're going to talk about today, Shireen? I do. Oh, I do. We're revisiting an ex of mine that we talked about before. We we had an intimate mm-hmm. but brief relationship a couple months ago where we both discussed him. 
and now he's back in my life. What can I say? Um, now, n- now he's back in all of our lives because he refuses to leave. Today we yeah. are talking about our dear friend and special boy, Jacob Wool. Special uh, boy. What a special, special, special boy. boy. A punchable now, face. When we when we last talked about Jacob, mm-hmm. I ended that episode with a line. As of this episode, Jacob Wool is still under investigation by the FBI. He is also still on Twitter. Now, today, in the year of our Lord 2019, only one of those things is currently true. Uh, Jacob Wool is no longer allowed on any social media, and we'll get to why in a little bit. But first, let's talk about his trip to Minneapolis, Minnesota. So... On February 13th, 2019, conservative grifter slash filmmaker Ali Alexander created the Investigate Ilhan Omar Fund on his oh right-wing God. news and politics website, I'm already Culture. Out. And I'm already out. <laughs> you're, you're, you're done. <laughs> well, does it change your mind to know that his right-wing news and uh, politics website, Culture, has spells culture with three Ts? The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I I don't know. You know, I assume is there's is an explanation of, is there. Is it instead but... of spelling it with three Ks? Like, what's the... <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, I have yeah, a point. He's... I have a point. You you have a point. Ali Alexander is uh, is not a white guy, so he can't be racist. So, I mean, that's just... That argument there is just wiped out uh, immediately. Yeah, he probably so doesn't So we should color. have no issues yeah, with, right. with the documentary he makes about Ilhan Omar. That's true, um, you know? You know, uh, yeah. he probably doesn't see color. He probably uh, has a lot of good points of view that I need to hear about yep. because his experience is so much more valid than my own. So I must listen. Yeah. Yeah, and his investigation of Ilhan Omar had had no racial tinge to it whatsoever. He just wanted to investigate to see whether or not she married her brother in order to immigrate to the United States. I'm uh, vomiting. Which is a claim. I am vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm vomiting. Now, there was no evidence whatsoever and has never been any evidence whatsoever to substantiate this claim. However, Ali Alexander solicited $25,000 in donations to send a team to Minneapolis to investigate these claims. That team wound up consisting of Jacob Wall and Laura Loomer. Now, wow. If you, dream if you team. Don't know, Strive for the success. Dream team. Yeah. If you're unaware of Miss Laura Loomer, um, she is a 25-year-old fake journalist most famous for badly handcuffing herself to Twitter's headquarters after being banned from that <laughs> service for repeatedly harassing Representative Omar. She was so bad at handcuffing herself. When she, when she handcuffed herself to the door, her goal was to stop people from entering Twitter, but she didn't know how to operate handcuffs or doors very well, so she only handcuffed herself to one side of the door, so Twitter employees were able to continue to enter and leave. <laughs> and when the police showed up, they asked Twitter, like, do you want her removed? And they're just like, no, like, she can stay handcuffed to the one door. <laughs> Like, so, this is not an SNL skit or some college no. humor bullshit. This is our reality. That This this is, uh, yeah. This dumb bitch. Yeah. So this is the team. This is the dream team that Ali Alexander assembled to investigate uh, Ilhan Omar's background. Mm-hmm. Um, as Loomer and Wool took to the streets of Minneapolis, they began to fill the internet with hilarious Periscope videos of their adventures. Here's one video clip of Jacob telling the world about the Sharia police who he believes absolutely exist in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Again, I can't emphasize enough, he's claiming this is happening in fucking Minnesota. Now, if you're not familiar with Minnesota, you don't know how this works, but the Islamist forces here have taken over sections of the respective police departments they in almost Sharia every area. They have Sharia police in Minnesota now. There are men who walk around in orange vests that say Sharia police in some of these Somali communities, and they are enforcing Sharia law. And let me add, you're going to see all this in the video we're producing. We've got two yeah. camera guys. They're over here and over here, uh, and, and, and much more production crew, you name it. <laughs> now, uh, here's another clip of Jacob Wool and Laura Loomer talking about the massive security team they totally need for all of the dangerous Islamists that they say are absolutely following them around the streets of Minneapolis. Do I have to hear this? Yes. Yes, you have to. Okay. We've got a top-notch security team here to get us around, get us from point A to point B. They're right here and right here behind the camera. You can't see them. And (laughs) we've been going from point A to point B in convoy, uh, you know, armored cars, you name it. And, uh, you know, we needed to... We were afraid that we were going to be tailed. We were afraid that Ilhan the jihadi Omar would send somebody after us and tail us. 
as we got out here. Ilhan, the jihadist Omar? Are you yeah. shitting me? My mouth is on yeah. the floor. What the shit? Also, yeah, it's, it's... also behind the camera, they're sitting in a bathroom. I can see the reflection of the light in the mirror behind in the door behind them. There's nothing behind them but a fucking bathroom mirror. There's no yeah, armored trucks or camera crew. It's you're you're taking a fucking vlog for YouTube. What the fuck are you? Yeah, I, I I wanted those back to back so you could hear them refer to their camera crew as just off screen and their security crew as just off screen in the same video because it's clear that they don't have any any no. sort of team. No. Um. Yeah, it, 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 we all had fun. Those of us who who followed Jacob Wall on the internet, watching the ridiculous videos they put out. Uh, there was no evidence ever provided that his security team existed. Uh, there was no evidence provided of Sharia police enforcing Sharia law in fucking Minneapolis. Jacob <laughs> Wall did show up. Yeah, <laughs> Jacob Wall did show up at one point in a video wearing a fancy bulletproof vest, which was embarrassing to me because it turns out that we both own the same brand of bulletproof vest. Um, yeah, uh, wow. he claimed Don't, to have received numerous. If I were huh? you, I would never share that fact with anybody. But that was brave. It's, it's not that great. That was very brave. I mean it. It's 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 a nice vest. Uh, it's uh, frustrating. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. All that vest ever wanted to do was stop bullets. Now, uh, Wool claimed to have received numerous death threats uh, while investigating Ilhan Omar, and when the 23-minute documentary "Importing Ilhan" eventually launched on Colt Cheers website, it included a segment where Wool reported his death threats to the Minneapolis police. That segment of the documentary is noteworthy because it included a close-in shot of one of the so-called threats, which read, I hope you fucking know that if I bump into you in Dinky Town or anywhere else in my city, I'm going to shoot you and shit on your fucking bodies. Get the fuck out of my city, you piece of shit. Now. Now, Shireen, keep that threat in mind because it's going to be relevant again in just a minute or so. But speaking of now, shit I, again and where yeah. you shit, mm-hmm. some people are into that. Getting Some people on, are into that, you know. I think Jacob Wool might be into that toilet, because spoiler, play. yeah, he wrote that death threat. Uh, wow! But we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> now, I've been unable to watch a copy of the full documentary tragically because it's been pulled from the internet due to several crimes that Jacob Wool committed on video. Uh, I did find one breakdown of the film's claims against Representative Omar by journalist Tony Webster. Uh, here's his tweet. Here's everything said about Ilhan Omar by interviewees and right-wing video that aimed to end her career. I don't know much about her. I met her twice. She's held events. She's had a lot of coverage. She's okay. She goes too fast, has to slow down, and marriage allegation just a rumor. So, that's what the documentary actually included in terms of real revelations. Uh, for a little while, Wool's trip to Minneapolis seemed like it might have been a competent grift. Everything he said there was an obvious lie, and it wasn't going to do any damage to Ilhan Omar's career, but he and Laura Loomer's claims that they were being hunted by Islamists and needed money to rent armored cars were successful in drumming up thousands of dollars in donation from gullible baby boomers who think Minneapolis is an ISIS stronghold. Wow. And then, on February 26th, 2019, USA Today published an interview with Jacob Wool, titled, This 21-Year-Old Tweeted Lies About Robert Mueller and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now he's eyeing the 2020 election. The article opened by focusing on Wool's latest lie. Wait, hold on. Jacob Wool was Her- 21? Yeah, now he is. Yeah. Wait, he's that... How, what, what age would you guess? I don't know why I thought he was way older than that. Maybe his I face think it's be- just looks disgusting to the point where, like, a young man can't be that that ravaged by by disease and, and just filth, you know? Uh, it's because being a gross criminal grifter ages you. Like, look at Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's like 55, and <laughs> you wouldn't guess he's a day over 30, because I don't think Paul Rudd's ever been mean to anyone. I think he's pure. Uh, he's just pure. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob Wool is just a piece of shit, and so he looks like he's in his 30s. Yeah, uh, well, what, I, like, I really thought he was in his 30s. This baby just turned yeah, 20 well, fucking one? I mean, how we we already said Laura Loomer's age, but I'm gonna guess you didn't pay or you you, you no, glazed I over already it. How forgot. old would you guess she is? Yeah, how old would you guess she is well, by her face? Well, based on the video I just saw, also in like late 30s. Late. She's 25. She's just no. Actually, good for you. <laughs> also, quick question: So they were united uh-huh. after yeah. she handcuffed herself to the door. They were not friends before, but he just like just, he was just like we should reunite forces because we're both after the same target. Yeah. 
I think he saw that, and she also she showed up on the uh, the lawn of Nancy Pelosi's house and got a couple of illegal immigrants that she paid to like pretend to be protesters arrested. Uh, also, after seeing and... the videos of them sitting next to each other, they are one hundred percent fucking, one hundred percent fucking. I... Uh, yeah. in, they, they recorded that in their shared hotel room. Sh- Sophie's making a, a thing at me. Sophie says that she's not. <laughs> she does not think his balls have dropped. While that is a valid point, pegging and probably Again, true. Bringing it back to pegging, yeah. he uh, d- actually he's not smart enough to know the, how how fun that could be. Um, but they are. 100%. I mean, Shireen, I think what this means is that you and I need to film our own documentary. About uh, in the spirit of oh, importing sorry. Ilhan, called pegging wool. Oh my and, god! And just, just investigate the very credible oh, allegations no. we How have we miss that this? he's been pegging. We should definitely do pegging, but his name is Wool. We should do shearing wool, like wool. Oh like, damn! Like a fucking sheep, you know? Yeah. And, and well, sheep but how does just that follow him around. It'll, we'll incorporate oh. it in, you know. We'll incorporate it in somewhere. Um, it'll be right, like so it'll be like a Trojan what? horse. The Trojan horse of our documentary is the pegging, and it's going to be. I just love a good pun, you know. I, I love a good wool. Pun. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to like uh, a wool in sheep's butthole. No, that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> a wool in we'll, sheep's uh, butthole. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll work on this one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> We're gonna workshop this next time. We'll, we'll we'll kick it around to our writing team, and uh, we'll get back to to listeners. Yeah, and, your and people, we'll, my people, will connect. Yeah, we'll put together twenty five grand and put up another uh, documentary on Kolta Tatuchir. Yeah, which that, I assume that, is how it's pronounced. Every t- every time you say it, I get more and more confused, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Now uh, that USA Today article opened by focusing on Jacob Wool's latest lie, a claim that Kamala Harris was ineligible to be president because her parents weren't legal residents for five years prior to her birth. That was a lie, like literally everything ever said by Jacob Wool ever. Here's how the USA Today quoted the boy. The believability stuck at about 15 to 18% by my measurement, Wool said in an interview shortly afterward, declaring it, not a bad campaign. I love that you said the boy. I like that. That, that made me... Yeah, I said the, bo- yeah, the boy. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quoted the boy. Oh, he's a boy. He, he's, he's not a, a man. He's a child. He's a boy child. Yeah, yeah. He is a boy child. Now, in that USA Today interview, Wool was happy, I would even say eager, to explain the other grifts and cons he had in the works, seemingly oblivious to the fact that these kind of things don't fucking work if you spoil them. <laughs> Quote from USA Today. He says he planned to create enormous left-wing online properties, such as deceptive Facebook and Twitter accounts, and use those to steer the left-wing votes in the primaries to what we feel are weaker candidates compared with Trump. It's a plot similar to what Mueller has charged in indictments that the Russians crafted in an effort to boost the 2016 campaigns of Bernie Sanders and Jill Stein and hobble Hillary Clinton. Another stated scheme, seeking to collect damaging information on left-leaning nonprofits, including Media Matters for America, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and Right Wing Watch by offering their insiders moral reconciliation, and if that doesn't work, things of worth, such as money, or perhaps these stated plans themselves are a ruse to fool the mainstream media, which Wool calls a band of lying goblins. A band of... That's a good band name. Yeah, it is a good band name. Lying Goblins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's funny to me that Wool refers to the mainstream media as a pack of lying goblins, because minutes later in the same interview, he states that the accuracy of his statements is not the important part. He claims truth is an obsolete concept and brags about the fact that he was wearing a gun to their meeting at a hipster coffee shop in Orange County because of all of the death threats he says he receives. I Quote, hate him. He, and he oh, looks he's, like a goblin. He's a little goblin He man. He does look like a little goblin. If you were going to cast another Lord of the Rings movie, but you didn't have money for like uh, props and prosthetics and stuff, you could just have Jacob Wool play all the goblins. 100%. And it would work out pretty 100%. well. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That's a good use for Jacob Wool is having yeah. him play goblins. Everyone has mm-hmm. their calling, you know? Some people just haven't discovered it Everyone has their yet. calling. Yeah. Yeah, he should get out of politics and get into playing a goblin in Peter Jackson movies. Yeah. I mean, Smeagol made a, made, made a big deal, you know? Like, he, he's, he's out there crushing it. You know? He, he oh, yeah. Good, good no, he's doing great. In. Yeah. No, Gollum owns that sweet-ass house in the Hollywood Hills. I yeah. think he's dating Cheryl Teagues, right? If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Interesting yeah, children that will, that will come from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say something, but I <laughs> so, plum forgot. Do you remember from our last episode how Jacob Bull loves to make claims about things he's overheard in hipster coffee shops? Oh, my God. Yes. Please do uh-huh. tell. Yeah. 
One example of, of those tweets would be this October 2018 tweet. I was sitting in a hipster coffee shop in downtown LA this morning and couldn't help but overhear the six college-age women seated at a table who were clamoring with excitement and joy over the confirmation of Judge Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. So, just in case you haven't listened to the other episode, that's the kind of claims Jacob Wool would make about the things he overheard in hipster coffee shops. USA Today asked him about this. Quote, Wool explained that he picks on bohemian coffee shops because he sees them as the temple mount of liberalism and calculated that if you in any way impugn the sanctity of the hipster coffee shop, it's going to be something that gets them really charged up. In describing his methods, Wool casually explained that he makes it up. I'll literally hear one thing and flip it 180 degrees. That's just lying, but wow. I think he's he's fine with that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's garbage. What do you think the Starbucks order is? Maybe yeah, like Starbucks, a I don't know. skinny, non-fat vanilla, two pumps of, of, of what do people, I don't drink coffee. I, I don't know. In the uh, in the USA Today interview, he just had a cup of water. I think because he might be broke. Wow, but... he's those fu- he's one of those fuckers that goes to a coffee shop and just drinks water and sits there for hours mm-hmm. and hours. I think so. I get that feeling from Jacob Wool. Wow. I also get that feeling that he has a delicate constitution and coffee might hurt his tummy, tum tummy. Aw, what a poor baby. What hmm. a poor little baby. Hmm. You know who's not a poor baby, Shireen? Uh, ad sales the sponsors and or solicitors who solicitors has like a negative show. connotation i want to say solicitors or do you think right. has a negative yeah. connotation to it i pe- people put no solicitors on their doors sometimes but i don't really know what the word means uh you solicit so i mean i solicit lots of stuff but not at doors Good. yeah true okay sorry i'm i'm, right. I'm distracting you from your main goal here products The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, to live and die in L.A. 
I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. We're back. We're talking about Jacob Wolt and his yeah. USA Today interview. Now, USA Today also spoke with Carolyn Cass for the article. Miss Cass is the woman that Wolt and his partner Berkman claimed had been assaulted by Robert Mueller. Cass claimed that she'd actually tried to hire Wool when she believed him to be a legitimate private investigator. She paid him $2,000 to help her with unscrupulous characters ripping her off, and then was apparently promptly ripped off by Wool himself. Who they wrote up a fake list of allegations. Who like a pre, like a teenager? I don't understand. I, th- she didn't know he was a teenager. He used a different name. He called himself Cohen, and she only met him on the phone up until they were already like in business. Oh. Yeah. I, I'm going to guess she was not the most... Uh, careful person which is probably why she got ripped off by other people um but you know if you're jacob wool and you're putting out craigslist ads saying that this is the business you're in Mm. you might get some people that you can take advantage of yeah not that she deserves to be taken advantage of but i'm gonna guess that's kind of what happened yeah okay sorry um yeah so wool and berkman his partner immediately ripped Cass off they wrote up a list of fake allegations and docu signed it with her name According to USA Today, she claimed Cohen tried to get her to Cohen, which is Wool, tried to get her to speak at the news conference, but she escaped and learned only as the scheme exploded that Cohen was in fact Wool. He completely lied to me, Cass said. So, yeah, that's cool. Sick. Now, uh, make a notice of the fact that she said she had to escape from mm-hmm. Wool and Berkman because this will not be the first time somebody makes a claim like, or the last time somebody makes a claim like that in this episode. Oh no! Now, yeah. The most impactful reveal in that USA Today article was that Jacob Wool bragged at length about creating fake Twitter accounts in order to help spread his lies. This was a clear violation of Twitter's terms of service, and it did not take long for reporters, namely NBC's Ben Collins, to identify some of these fake accounts and publicize them. Wool was banned from Twitter within hours of the USA Today article's publication. In classic Jacob Wool fashion, he pretended this clear and hilarious failure on his part was actually yet another victorious move in his endless 39-dimension chess game. Wow. Here's Wool being interviewed by fellow grifter Ali Alexander for another video on Kultatatatur. Number one, this could not have happened at a better time. Jacob Wool is number one trending on Twitter right now. And I'm promoting a press conference. And now people are going to go to that press conference. And it's going to be even bigger and better than we even thought. I mean, it's going to be brimming over with people. It's going to be brimming over with people. Uh, so I'm glad it happened now. I think that's perfect. The other thing that I'm glad about is, is luckily because I was expecting this, I have set up myself to make a living in a way uh, that doesn't require Twitter because that would be very fragile. And I want to be, as, as Nassim Taleb would call it, anti-fragile. So this isn't going to affect my living as it has with some other folks. Uh, but the pattern is clear. Laura Loomer investigates Ilhan, Ilhan Omar, banned. Jacob Engels investigates and tweets about Ilhan Omar, banned. Jacob Bull finally gets the goods and puts on a press conference, banned. But I can promise you one thing. Ilhan Omar is going to be rocked by what we're going to release on Thursday. The halls of Congress are going to be rocked by what we're going to release on Thursday. And uh, it will be number one trending on Twitter. So Twitter can say whatever they want. So that's what Wool claimed in the aftermath of that. Uh, Now, a little bit of a spoiler. Ilhan Omar was not rocked by any of his allegations because there was no evidence behind them. Oh, the press yeah, conference... I, I could have seen that one coming. She wasn't rocked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the press conference did not attract a huge audience, but something fun did happen. See, 
When that USA Today article dropped, reporter Ben Collins exposed one of Walt's fake accounts, as I already stated, a a fake account for a guy named Drake Holmes, who uh, was supposed to be a Minneapolis-born and raised diversity coordinator, because Walt wanted to make fun of diversity, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, In this fake account, fake Drake misspelled his own last name in his Twitter account. Uh, Not long after the revelation that Drake Holmes was, of course, Jacob Wall, Tony Webster, another journalist, realized that the death threat shown in the Importing Ilhan documentary uh, had been filed by Drake Holmes, a.k.a. Jacob Wool. Now, this is a crime. You can't file fake death threats against yourself and report them to the police. Or you can, but it's illegal. So <laughs> Jacob Wool, by admitting in an interview that he made fake threats and then creating incredibly obvious fake Twitter accounts and then using those incredibly obvious fake Twitter accounts that he bragged about threatened to murder himself, and then going to the police with it, had committed an incredibly obvious and very well-documented crime, which is just a hoot. Um, is he going to get any re- repercussions for this crime? That's a great question. Or is he still making fucking YouTube vlogs? What's the... Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about right now, actually. Um, so it, it does seem like he might actually eventually face some some real repercussions. Young Turks journalist Ken Klippenstein filed a FOIA request for documents pertaining to Surefire Intelligence, which is the fake intelligence firm that Wool created to slander Robert Mueller. The FBI refused Ken's records request and gave the excuse that they couldn't give him the records because those records pertain to an ongoing criminal probe, which means there's an FBI criminal probe going on into Jacob Wool's fake intelligence company and his attempt to slander special counsel Robert Mueller. Um, meanwhile, Jared Holt, another journalist who covers the far right, Quote tweeted Klippenstein's thread about his FOIA denial letter and noted, funny, I got a similar response from the state of Minnesota, which means there's an ongoing investigation into Jacob Wool's activities in the state of Minnesota for the fake death threats. So it does seem like the wheels of justice might slowly be turning towards Jacob Wool getting in trouble for committing ever, constant ever so incompetent slowly. crimes. Ever so yeah, slowly. Ever so slowly. Not fast enough. No. Now, February was a crowded month for Jacob Wool. It ended with yet another press conference from him and Jack Berkman. This one at CPAC, the annual gathering of conservatives and people who want to ogle conservatives in a safe, well-lit building. By this point, Wool's grifts had become obvious enough that CPAC barred him from doing any event at the conference itself. So instead, he and Berkman held their press conference in the busy lobby. Uh, Nothing really happened at the conference. Laura Loomer screamed that she and Wool deserved to get their Twitter accounts back. Jacob Wool tried to claim that the Mueller investigation was done with and everyone should instead focus on their investigation of Ilhan Omar. The journalist in attendance, however, just wanted to know if he was being investigated by the FBI. For my money, the highlight of the event was a man in an ill-fitting suit Wool had paid to pretend to be a bodyguard wearing a single Apple AirPod in his ear to pretend that he had, like, <laughs> one of those one of those <laughs> Secret Service things going on. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's fucking Jacob pathetic, Jacob Wool dude. loves hiring fake bodyguards. That's pathetic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, so, it's, an, for, it's, an air, it's obviously an AirPod. Like, it's not like... We all know what they look like. Yeah. It's he, Jacob Wool is a perfect example of a very dumb young man who thinks that b- because he's incapable of, you know, thinking at a higher level than his own brain works at, assumes everyone is as dumb as he is, um, which is very dumb. It's so very Jacob dumb. Wool would be fooled by someone wearing an Apple AirPod in one ear, <laughs> pretending to be a Secret Service type agent. Wow. Uh, b- but sadly, no one else is. Wow. Now, for about a month or so after this press conference, it seemed like Jacob Wool might be fading into obscurity. But then, in late April, the Daily Beast published an article revealing his latest scam, an attempt to slander Democratic candidate and mayor Pete Buttigieg with sexually assaulting a young man who was too drunk to consent. So, another false rape allegation which is what cool people do i think i think he is unable to be forgotten about ultimately yeah because like he doesn't want to go into obscurity that's not his deal he's like like even though that video was like i don't want to be on twitter anyway because i want to i want to be anti-fragile also like a dumb word but uh he he misses twitter so much can you imagine like donald trump being banned from twitter like no these people thrive on their dumb opinions just like thwarted into the air and he if he doesn't have Twitter, he has to be in the media somehow, and that's that's just his whole fucking shtick. That's that, that's his lifeblood, you know. 
that is like it, it's all about attention for him. Yeah. It's the only thing that he cares about. And to the to the point that like that's part of why none of his grifts really work in the long run because he's una- he's incapable of thinking things out. Like Roger Stone would probably be down to file fake sexual assault allegations against someone, but he wouldn't do it twice in a year yeah. after the first one explodes. He would be more canny about it. He'd spend more time setting it up. Uh, he'd make it harder to catch, and he wouldn't immediately commit the same grift like five months later after the first yeah. one failed. Because he's just a little bit smarter than that. Like he's also, not smart, but, but he's a little but bit smarter. But also, than like, that. Uh, maybe he wouldn't even have been the face of it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't need like the fact that Jacob Wool needs to be the face and the person that's coming out with this news is just indicative of a personality that needs attention more than anything else. He's not looking for the truth or anything else. He wants to be this face of of revelation and bullshit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He wants to be facing down a bunch of press guys dressed in a suit. Uh, he wants to feel like an FBI agent, but without, like, the joining AirPod. the bureau or investigating yeah. anything. Yeah, like, he, there's, there's all these pieces of other careers, like mm-hmm. politics and journalism and law enforcement, that he wants to, and, like, it, the finance industry, that he wants to have, but the only pieces he wants of them are, like, the public-facing pieces that he's yeah. seen in movies. He doesn't act in none of the jobs that he wants to do. Does he actually want to do the work? No. Um, Keep in mind, yeah. he. I mean, has he gone to any type of schooling or anything to accomplish any type of actual? I don't know. Like, he's just a rich kid, like flaunting around his yeah. rich kid money. He's just a rich kid whose dad is like a lawyer who advised Donald Trump on stuff. Uh, who wants to do? shady gross politics stuff and doesn't actually want to work hard yeah yeah that's jacob wool yeah what a man what a man what a man what a mighty good man now uh the fake allegations against pete Buttigieg blew up in wool's face because the young man they picked to make the allegations a republican himself went to the daily beast with recorded audio of wool and berkman trying to convince him to lie about a sexual assault oh my god (laughs) yeah the guy recognized Wool immediately and was like, well, I got to take this meeting, but I'm just going to record everything they say and go to a journalist. I like this guy. I like this guy already. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, I'm all right with this guy. Quote, the source who spoke to the Daily Beast said Berkman and Wool made clear that their goal was to kneecap Buttigieg's momentum in the 2020 presidential race. The man asked to remain anonymous out of a concern that the resulting publicity might imperil his employment. And because he said Wool and Berkman have a reputation for vindictiveness. So. Several days before the Beast article could run, a young man named Hunter Kelly published a post on Medium, alleging that Pete Buttigieg had assaulted him in February of this year. The post was tweeted by a Trump advisor and by Jacob's dad, David Wool, and wound up on Big League Politics, a right-wing political uh, conspiracy website. Journalists instantly recognized some things that looked pretty fishy about these allegations, like the fact that Kelly's Medium and Twitter accounts were both less than a month old, and that the main person he'd interacted with on social media was Jacob Wool. Can you be more obvious? Are you shitting me? (laughs) He's so bad at this. He's so bad at this. Like, it almost upsets me. It almost upsets me that someone with that much money and, and connections can't get, like, one thing right. Like... Not, not, not a single aspect of any of this right. Like, there's terrible guys like Paul Manafort who you look at and you're, like, they're monsters, but at least, like, most of the things they've done worked. <laughs> like, like this guy like is just not... an idiot. Like he's a moron. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't deserve he's, he's... any part of his wealth or any part of his entitlement or privilege. Like he is, he's just stupid. Yeah, you, he's stupid. You can say about Roger Stone and Paul Manafort, they don't deserve their wealth uh, or or their success that they've had, but they at least deserve to be famous because the things that they've done have had an impact on history. Mm-hmm. Jacob Wool is like that person without ever having an impact. He's yeah. done nothing but like give journalists something to giggle over. He's just flailing. Um, he's flailing for he's, attention. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad. Now, um, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop laughing about him because no, I need something to laugh about, and uh, and uh, these, these this really wipes the payday loan stain out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> so. We're going we're gonna to keep going on here. The Daily Beast managed to track down the real Hunter Kelly, who said that the accounts created in his name were not under his control. He eventually posted a message to his Facebook timeline titled, I was not sexually assaulted. Quote, 
To keep it brief for now, I was approached by a political figure to come to D.C. to discuss political situations from the standpoint of a gay Republican. When I arrived, they discussed Peter Buttigieg and started talking about how they would be working a campaign against him. I went to bed and woke up to a fake Twitter, at Real Hunter Kelly, and an article that I in no way endorsed or wrote. I have since left and am working on a formal statement to give to everyone, including the Buttigieg family. Kelly claims that Wohl and Berkman basically flew him to D.C. and then printed up a fake statement they wanted him to sign. They then posted the statement without his permission. According to the Daily Beast, quote, he went on to say that they also tried to get him to sign off on a script for a press conference over his protests, but he called his family to come get him and then fled. So this is the second person that's felt like they had to flee the presence of Jacob Wohl and Jack Berkman. Now, what's interesting to me is that both of the men Wohl and Berkman tried to con into reporting Buttigieg were Republicans, Trump supporters even. It seems that Wohl and his partner just sort of expected that their fellow conservatives would be down for any kind of grift that hurt Democrats, even if it meant implicating themselves in an obvious crimes concocted by idiots with a history of having their crimes instantly exposed. (sighs) The audio recorded by the Daily Beast source gives some insight into precisely how Wohl tried to sell these young men on engaging in a criminal conspiracy to falsify rape allegations. Quote, When the source expressed reluctance, they assured him the scheme would make him wealthy, famous, and a star in Republican politics. Wohl cited the national recognition given to Christine Blassie Ford after she accused Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh of sexual assault during his confirmation hearings last year. The source did not agree to participate in the scheme, but Wohl followed up with a phone call a day or two later to see if he could recommend friends or associates who might be a good fit to play the victim in the hoax. Wow. I do, I do want to, I do want to bring up the fact that in our previous episode about payday loans, when they were trying to con the economist to write that article about them, in their response mm-hmm. email, they promised fame, and yeah. everyone's gonna be knocking on your door or like whatever. Like that's all. That's their ploy. Just like you're gonna get so famous from this. Also, Christine Blasey Ford was fucking like crucified by the media. That yeah, was not. Yeah, cool. I can't imagine. I can't imagine a worse kind of fame to get no. than the kind that she had. It's uh, like it seems like it was an unspeakable nightmare for her and her family, which shows the kind of person Wool is. Yeah. Because I, I really don't think, I think he was telling the truth in that he believed that she got famous and it was a good thing because I think he's incapable of seeing any kind of attention as yeah. bad. And yeah. she did get a lot of attention. Like and so that's pre- all like bad, he sees. Bad press is still press in his, in his yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah. So he sees this woman being like attacked by the entire right wing media ecosystem and like like but the, in the president end, of the United but States. But in the end, and, everyone knew her name. So that's yeah, like, and, that's, and so he's jealous of yeah, her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which there's a core of something deeply sad and depressing there. Very again, pathetic. It's very pathetic. Given given the world we live in, I'm not for a goddamn second going to feel bad about Jacob Wall. No. I'm just going to laugh about him to again clear the worst bastards out of my head while we uh yeah we talk about this so the daily beast looked into the phone number that wool called from it traced back to a company potomac intelligence group which claimed to be a political and corporate intel firm just like surefire intelligence minutes after the daily beast reached out to wool about potomac intelligence the website was taken down so if you know anything about jacob wool you know a little thing like repeatedly being revealed as a fraud wasn't going to stop one of his grifts Wohl and Jack Berkman next announced a press conference. It would be hosted in the driveway of Berkman's house in Northern Virginia. Two wow. days before the event. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They, they've gone from like a ho- a holiday inn for the Mueller one to like the lobby of CPAC to <laughs> a driveway. <laughs> a driveway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. These fucking stupid fucks. <laughs> These stupid, stupid fucks. <laughs> Um, two days before the event, Berkman tweeted a link to an Eventbrite page called Protest Against the Homophobic Bigots. This was apparently an event organizing page for a protest against the, uh, the press conference being hosted by Jacob Wool and Jack Berkman. Berkman claimed that the page was evidence of a real plan for hundreds of leftist protesters to disrupt their super important press conference. We will not surrender to the mob. We've called an extra security to guard our safety and that of our partners in the media. Now... Will Sommer, the journalist who's probably done the most to cover Wool's various grifts, noted that, quote, before Berkman's tweet, no other Twitter account had promoted the event page. Another reporter, Jason Duckman, found that the Eventbrite page had been started by someone using the email address wooltanktank at gmail.com. Wow. <laughs> it gets possible, stupider and stupider. Yeah. 
Just try to cover your tracks. Just try. So, like, do make a fake email account, made, Jacob. Do you know how many fake emails, like accounts, I've made to get like a ten percent off discount at like some fucking yeah. new site or something? Like, it's very easy to make an email account. Very easy. It's incredible. It takes seconds, Jacob. Like it. It takes seconds. Come on, man. God, oh, this boy. is just upsetting. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. Uh, when Wool was confronted about this, he claimed, I've never used Eventbrite in my life. It was created by a troll. We're going to get to the rest of this story. But first, you know what's not an incredibly lazy and instantly spotted grift, Shireen? This is the, the products that sponsor this show. Sponsors. Not yep, grift, sponsors. Sponsors. Not, not grifts at all. In fact, no. products that actually deliver a service. Yeah, uh, we need them. As um, a fellow podcaster, I get it. Just mm-hmm. support your support good- your hosts. I love a product. I love a service. Uh, here they are. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. 
Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So, on the literal day I wrote this script, Jacob Wohl and Jack Berkman held their very important press conference in Berkman's very impressive driveway. The proceedings were interrupted several times by a garbage truck emptying Berkman's trash and by several low-flying airplanes, which is why most professionals do not host press conferences in driveways. Wool and Berkman refuted the claims that they had basically kidnapped Hunter by pointing out that they bought him a Starbucks Frappuccino and an expensive haircut. What? They th- <laughs> yeah. They then segued seamlessly to stating that they were investigating Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren. In Biden's case, they think he might have Parkinson's. They invited all 2020 candidates to submit themselves to investigations in order to gain the sure-to-be-coveted Wohl-Berkman seal of approval. That's, that's literally what they referred to it as, is the Wohl-Berkman seal of approval, God. which I can't imagine anything more prestigious. No, I, I can't. That, mm-hmm. sounds, that sounds really legit. It does. Like all their press conferences, this one fizzled out with nothing of value having been presented. The closest thing to a scoop was the ominous claim that Berkman's home would be the center of the 2020 election. Um, his home? To me. Yeah, he claimed his home was going to be the center of the election. That's Everyone the most egotistical shit I've ever heard. <laughs> of, of, of the 2020 election. Your house. Yeah. My okay, driveway. Jack. My lawn. Yeah. God, fuck off. If, like me, you're, one, you're wanting to know exactly what Jacob Wohl and his bumbling sidekick have planned for 2020, I have some good news for you. A few days before Wohl's latest grift collapsed in on itself, a document was leaked to the Daily Beast, a brochure for something called the Arlington Center for Political Intelligence. Billed as a conservative political intelligence and advocacy organization, the ACPI claimed to be able to impact political outcomes for the benefit of conservative candidates. As you've surely guessed by now, the Arlington Center for Political Intelligence is really just Jacob Wohl. Of course. In this document which was essentially an attempt at raising funds for his new company. Wohl claimed that ACPI would, among other things, operate a troll farm a la the Internet Research Agency, infiltrate their operatives into Democratic campaigns, and execute high-impact publicity stunts to insert stories into the mainstream media. That all sounds like things Wohl is capable of doing. (laughs) And he just doesn't know when to stop or how to stop. He's addicted to, to grifting. He's addicted to grifting and also terrible at it. Yeah. Now, Wool claimed that the ACPI needed $1 million in funding from investors in order to carry out its important mission. The document went out to lay out a number of plans, obviously cribbed from Russian actions laid out in the Mueller report. Wool wants to use bot networks to build large accounts that pose as leftists and then tell people at the last minute not to vote in 2020. That's actually a plan he laid out, was to, like, pay bots to build fake leftist Twitter and Instagram accounts and then tell everybody on like November 1st not to vote. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That's his his brilliant scheme. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Uh, He notes that this strategy was utilized by the Internet Research Agency with moderate effectiveness in 2016, but with a superior handle on American cultural nuances, ACPI will be able to have a devastating impact on Democratic candidates. So basically, like, because we know that social media exists, we're going to use it. That's yeah. all that means. Yeah, and it's it, what's really funny to me is that he repeatedly references the Internet Research Agency, but then, like, kind of slams them for not understanding American culture and stuff and be like, we'll be better than them because we know America better. When it's like, dude, the Internet Research Agency succeeded in all of its goals, and you yeah. have fucked up every single grift you've ever tried to carry out. Don't, don't pretend you're better than the Russians at this stuff. Like no. They got away with it. No. <laughs> like, oh, just the the sheer level of ego on display. No. I want to know what a daily what a day is like in in Jacob Wall's life. Like I want to know like if he like puts on a shirt being like today's the day. Today's the day everyone respects me, you know? Today's the day's the day people see me as a serious political operative. Yeah. <laughs> that day will never come, Jake. No. I'm so sorry. I'm not so sorry, sorry cuz you're you're garbage. Now, in the document, Wool claims to have invented a totally new method of spreading fake news, which he calls feeding it up the chain. He lays it out in like a really long and complex flowchart, but the whole thing boils down to lying to people about having damning stories, 
and then hoping that you get mainstream media coverage from stoking rumors. So basically, uh, he just words, wants attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's kind of sad, but revealing in the document that Wool Wol is incapable of seeing anything but virality as a measure of success. I'm going to quote from a chunk of the uh, the document. With the advent of po- and popularization of live streaming via Periscope, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, it has become possible to synthesize manipulated events that garner enormous amounts of attention. A textbook example of this tradecraft took place on November 29th, 2018, when right-wing activist Laura Loomer handcuffed herself to Twitter HQ in New York City after being banned from the site. The stunt became the number one trending topic on Twitter and resulted in hundreds of articles being published and countless minutes of cable news coverage being broadcast around the world. In a calculated move, Loomer selected New York City as the place to execute the stunt, where journalists are plentiful and able to quickly arrive at the scene to broadcast the event on Periscope and Facebook. Within 15 minutes of handcuffing herself to the doors of the Twitter HQ, Loomer was surrounded by dozens of mainstream and alternative media journalists who were broadcasting the event, namely on Periscope, to hundreds of thousands of people. Within the first hour of the stunt, Laura Loomer was the number one trending topic on Twitter worldwide. So he sees Loomer's actions at Twitter HQ as a huge success because yeah. it was popular. It gets but him it wasn't fucking hard. Because... Like that whole thing, yeah, that, like, we... he, like it turns him on to be like, whoa, she went to a place that had so much media coverage or whatever. Also, I can't get over the fact that she described it as an activist. Like yeah. that that's activism now. Like oh god. But um well, and like it, 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 the attention wasn't people getting angry that she'd been banned and demanding that Twitter reinstate her because that didn't happen. It was just everyone laughing at her for exactly. like 10 minutes and then moving on with their lives cuz it was funny. Like yeah. that's the thing was like J- Jacob in that, like everything that he says in this document is something that like actual bad actors have done successfully to influence politics in mm-hmm. America and elsewhere. The ideas aren't unworkable; they're just dumb because Jacob is dumb and can't pull any of them off, and doesn't understand the difference between Laura Loomer handcuffing herself to Twitter HQ and being laughed at, and the Russians mounting a campaign to artificially inflate the popularity of uh, third-party Democratic candidates like, uh, what's her fucking name? The, the, the Jill, Stein, Jill Stein in order to, yeah. yeah, in order to like draw votes away from the Democrats. Like one of those things is debatably effective. The other one is just a, a joke. Like, yeah. it, it, but he doesn't see, all he sees is that they both got attention. Mm-hmm. Jill Stein got attention. Laura Loomer got attention. So that's the same thing. His like, mind is one dimensional. His mind is mm-hmm. truly, it cannot compute complex thought. Yeah. So 2020 is going to be fun. Um, I mean, no, it's not. 2020 is going to be the worst year of all of our lives. So we'll we'll Wool Loomer 2020? Is that what we're saying? I'm just excited for what they're going to grift next in 2020. Right, right, right. Laura Loomer is going to strap herself to something. I'm going to guess that Jacob Woolworth will accuse every single Democratic candidate of sexual assault by Mm -hmm. the time the year is over, um, which should be a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait to see I, who shits on whose chest, you know? Oh, I'm looking forward to who shits on whose chest. I hope we get to see Jacob Wool arrested um, by the FBI for crimes, but I'm not holding my breath. Um, I think that what he's done is is so laughable. Crimes. It's, it's yeah. definitely crimes, but mm-hmm. I feel like the American justice system does not take him seriously because it's so laughable. And as well, because I mean, we're yeah. laughing at him too, but the reality is there's still crimes, and he has not been faced with any type of justice or or any type of 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 like the reason why he keeps doing it is because no one is stopping him, yeah, he's faced no consequences other than like like I mean his life other than being a a grifter is over, like he at this point, like there's nothing else he can ever do with himself. Jacob Wool can't go back to college and get another job doing something legitimate because we have hours of him being Jacob Wool. It's the same thing with Laura Loomer, where like Laura Loomer is famous right now for screaming on Infowars that her life is ruined because she's been kicked off of all social media and stuff for all these insane and racist stunts she gets up to. And it's like, yeah, your life is ruined because you ruined it by, yeah. by doing fucked up things to people. Like it's... It's like a rapist being like, well, my life is ruined now because I'm a convicted rapist. And it's like, yeah, your life is ruined, but like- Because you, you, you raped people. Because you raped people. Yeah. 
<laughs> like don't you shouldn't have done that like you rape it, people it's... and you got caught which is what they're yeah they're probably thinking is because they got yeah. caught you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you accused a random woman of being a terrorist repeatedly and were partly responsible for huge numbers of death threats being filed against her. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's libel. You can't, you're not allowed to do that. But, you but did no it, one and gets, so you... No one gets yeah. in trouble. Like... No, this is actually an instance... Yeah, yeah, that's what's aggravating, this, is that they don't they don't learn their fucking lesson. And you, you have to be pretty bad as a right-wing grifter these days to get banned from Twitter. Like, that should tell you how bad Laura Loomer and Jacob Wool are. Yeah. It's like, they, they, they got banned from, like, Paul Watson's still on fucking Twitter. The fact that they have not, like, th- that they managed to get, like, forced Twitter to take action means that they were pretty egregiously violating the service's rules. Yeah. And in Wool's case, he was literally bragging about breaking Twitter's rules to a journalist for a major outlet, and it's like, yeah, dude, of course you get banned. Like, I mean, I that's hope not... it's. Per- I mean, it better be permanent forever because. Oh yeah, I yeah, mean, it is. Part of me is kind of upset because our last episode that we did, we got like pretty good attention from. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jacob Wool retweeted us and like commented. No, it was the, the oh, Crescent Cre- Steens. Oh, yeah, they yeah. are the ones. The, nothing they've just... done recently has been interesting, so I'm not going to talk about them more. But okay. we did we did okay. get to slam the Krasensteins directly, which was satisfying. It was satisfying because they because yeah. they were just all over it. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, Jacob Wool and Laura Loomer. It's truly just an example of white privilege as as at its worst because nothing yeah. happens like if they were any other ethnicity or or nationality or anything they would have way more attention legally and that's the truth like i oh absolutely without a doubt and because they're just rich white folk they get untouched and that's what's infuriating is because white for lack of a better word like white collar crime or whatever you want to call it it's not like i would just let's just say white skinned crime yeah <laughs> like i don't even know if this counts as white collar like i'm not sure what kind of collar repeatedly faking rape allegations <laughs> is like I, I don't I, re- I really don't yeah. know like <laughs> they've invented a new kind of white crime and it's despicable yeah, yeah. i will say Speaking of the Krasensteins and Jacob Wool, one of my favorite moments on Twitter last year was um, Ken Klippenstein, the FOIA journalist with uh, Young Turks, who like revealed that uh, the FBI had an open investigation into Wool, got into a fight with him on Twitter, and uh, Jacob Wool mistook him for one of the Krasenstein brothers because their last names are vaguely similar. Oh my god! <laughs> and so Wool was like, "Why don't you just like get up to another grift with your brother?" And Klippenstein responded, you know, the only difference between you and the Krasensteins is their their grifts don't immediately explode in their faces. <laughs> and then Brian Krasenstein responded by just saying, boom! Wait, what? Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was really good. Wow. It was one of those moments that makes Twitter worth it. <laughs> yeah. So he, like, low-key admitted to grifting better than... Yeah. <laughs> Wow. I think he was just too dumb to really know what was going on in the conversation and just saw that somebody had attacked someone attacking him. Like, I really don't think he understood what was being said. <laughs> but wow. Ken Klippenstein is a great follow on Twitter. So uh, yeah. check him out. Yeah. Yeah. Not he's not any relation. He is to, to, not to, a Krasenstein. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Completely different last name. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that's the episode, Shireen. <laughs> Well, thank you, feel you for better including after the payday me. loan stuff. No, I'm still mad, but I'm always mad. Yeah. My default is just anger. Um, but thanks for having me on to revisit our 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 sheep in wool's clothing. He's just a dumb little sheep. He's just he's just a dumb little sheepy sheep. The sheepy sheep. Uh. It's almost insulting to sheep, honestly. But um, yeah, I wouldn't want to. Th- I wouldn't want to tar sheep with that brush because no. sheep provide so many useful things. Yeah. Wool, and they're kind of cute. Yeah, sheep's milk. Yeah, sheep's oil. Yeah. Uh, and they're concrete. I and think genuinely, I think they are more intelligent than yep. like a wool. I have never seen a sheep fuck itself over in the same fashion <laughs> that Jacob Wool has. Uh, no. Usually, they just eat plants and uh, mind their own fucking business. 
huddle together for warmth in the winter. Yeah. Which is a more successful strategy than Jacob Wall has ever executed. No. Wow. What a shit show. Well. What a shit show. Got some pluggables to plug? Yeah. Uh, follow the podcast that I co-host, Ethnically Ambiguous, and listen to us. We talk about Ilhan Omar a lot, especially with the recent stuff that's been going on. Um, and why everything against her is pretty much a facade. But um, you can follow us at Ethnically Ambiguous um, or Ethnically Ambig, A-M-B-I-G on Instagram, Ethnically Amb, A-M-B on Twitter. You can follow me at Shirohiro on Instagram and Shirohiro666 on Twitter. It's S-H-E-E-R-O-H-E-R-O. Uh, yeah. And thanks for having me, Robert. This was splendid. Even though you're not in the same room as me, I feel like we've bonded today. We have bonded today, and there's only one thing that can seal the kind of bond that is built over listening to Jacob Wool stories, and that is uh, a celebratory. Has, Sophie has furious, grabbed. Yeah, Sophie has she's grabbed, grabbed the bagels. The, the roll of bagels. Yeah. See, when you've been working together as long as Sophie and I have, you you just know what her, the other person wants. Her hand Sophie, is on I'm her gonna, heart. I'm going to yell in anger and you throw the bagels when I give my angry bagel throwing. I'm going scream, to try okay? to get the the sound on on my mic. Okay, go. Okay. Yeah. That was a pretty Perfect. good sound. That was good. Yeah. Perfect. Oh my god. Uh, I'm so satisfied with how that went. Yeah, I'm very I'm happy. I mean, not really, but you know, I'm the, the bagels yeah. have made me happy. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of throwing bagels. Uh, they really, they really cleanse the the soul's palate. They cleanse the soul's palate. A, a good mm-hmm. baked good will do that, you know. That's why they call baked goods, because they're good. That is why they're called baked goods. They're not baked bads. Speaking of, baked goods. no, no, baked bads are well, actually, baked bads are when I try to make baked goods because I usually get high and forget that the oven's on. That um, is bad. That is bad. That is bad. It's not a great strategy. Yeah. Speaking of great strategies, uh, I'm not making an ad plug. I don't know why I use my ad plug voice. You can find me on Twitter at, uh, at I Write OK. You can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at, at @bastardspod. Uh, you can find us on the internet and find the sources for this episode at uh, behindthebastards.com. You can uh, buy a T-shirt at T Public. I have a sad podcast about doom and the horrible civil war that awaits us all called It Could Happen Here. Check it out. Uh, That's it. That's the episode. Uh, Until next time, I love about 40% of you. Bye. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.